Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Thursday Night Football, which should be a very good game, minus probably we're going to go through this video as if Devontae Adams is out on the COVID list. By the time I'm recording this on Tuesday afternoon, we don't have news of what his results are. It's very unlikely that he ends up playing. If he does play, he looks like a good play and move forward with that. But I'm going to go through this as if he is not playing, which creates some interesting scenarios on the Packers side of this showdown slate with a couple of million dollar to first place prizes with really good options and an interesting, fun game between the winner of this that would hold the best record in the NFL if you would with tiebreakers and all that power rankings whatever you want to say it becomes increasingly difficult for the Packers now who already came into this one on a short week on the road six point underdogs increasingly difficult now without their second best player and one of the best players in the NFL Devontae Adams so what you get in this is an interesting game you get one team that is very clear cut for showdown you know exactly the, who the four receivers one tight end two running backs and quarterback is nobody else is really involved at all for the Arizona Cardinals the Packers now gets a little bit murky a lot of guys going to be involved we'll talk through all of this all I ask from you beautiful people hey ladies fellas gentlemen hey fellas 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 a little bit right there subscribe button let's transition now into the player by player interests so we get the players here and we'll adjust i have all my rankings projections ownership the optimizer a bunch of stuff already up on patreon over a thousand members strong now if you're not there what are you waiting for but we'll start up top with kyler murray's price point again i'm assuming Devonte adams is out some big news outside of adams is malik taylor another receiver on the packers who would be involved in this game if active was placed on the COVID list on friday can he return in six days it seems unlikely but we'll also know that news during the week malik taylor did lead the preseason in receiving he has developed somewhat as a Packers receiver these last couple of years and then MVS is potentially going to return this week David Bakhtiari potentially going to return we'll track that news as the week goes on and obviously on our Thursday night live stream where I answer your questions we'll know all the answers by that time at 6 p.m east coast time so up top we go to Kyler Murray and Kyler Murray is just going to be a pretty quick and easy yes not much to say here he's projected for four points more than anybody else on the slate for me he has one of the with no Devontae Adams on the slate he has one of the two highest ceilings on the slate for me right now somewhere around three three or two players in this slate have high ceilings it's going to be Aaron Jones DeAndre Hopkins and Kyler Murray other guys have ceilings but I'm talking about the highest of ceilings Kyler Murray is one of those guys right averaging 26 DraftKings points per game at this point I currently have Kyler Murray for 23.2 points and when you look at what he did last week just very lazy right it was like a game it didn't even seem like he was having a good game three touchdowns he ended up having 9.3 yards per attempt he's now averaging 286 yards per game on the ground he's only rushing for 18 yards per game I wonder if that has to do with the shoulder that he tweaked a couple weeks back we haven't seen him taking off and running as much three rushing touchdowns but only 18 rushing yards per game and it's kind of dwindled these last couple of games but a matchup against the Packers secondary that won't have Jair that has Kevin King hurt that won't have Zedaria Smith that might not have yet again Preston Williams or Preston Smith in that game uh, so they got nothing at this point should be able to take advantage of that $12,000 is a more than fair price point for Kyler Murray definitely a captain option there's other better I would say there's better captain options on the slate but definitely in play as a mobile quarterback with upside next up is going to be Aaron Rodgers it's tough to get as excited about Aaron Rodgers when there's no Devontae Adams this is going to be one of those games and we've seen in the past I'm going to get the question who benefits the most from Devontae Adams being out we have a sample with this team just last year with Devontae Adams in the year before that when Devontae Adams has been out Matt LaFleur just tries to find the best matchup uh, Aaron Jones has had two really good games Lazard has had one good game Robert Tonyan had a three touchdown game against Atlanta although that's a little bit skewed because one of them was a blown coverage and the other one was just a play action pass in the red zone so it's not like it was he was that involved he just ended up getting somewhat lucky but the point being is Matt LaFleur finds the advantage and I think the advantage in this one is probably going to be Aaron Jones and just the running backs in general in the receiving game maybe even a little bit of Kylan Hill for a couple of snaps AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones primarily in the receiving game and where they have a massive advantage in the running department if they can keep this game close not get down two scores and actually be able to run the ball I think the Packers are going to 
to look to do that. So in terms of the receivers, Randall Cobb, if MBS plays, Alan Lazard, all these guys, I don't think any of them are going to see a crazy significant role. Maybe Rodgers leans on Randall Cobb on some third downs a little bit more than he would with no Devontae Adams out there when they have to pass. So sure, a target share uptick is going to happen there, but I'm not thinking that Alan Lazard now becomes a 10 target guy. We've never seen that. He's never been that guy. His best trait is actually run blocking as a wide receiver. And thus, yet again, I think the biggest advantage here for the Packers is to focus more on the run and the running backs in the receiving game. So I don't think there's a single receiver who benefits the most. Uh, we'll see what happens during the week if Malik Taylor is active uh, and Quasimius St. Brown and Quasimius St. Brown, Amari Rodgers, all these guys don't look that great in my opinion. Um, but we'll see as the week goes on. So Rodgers, for me, it's tough at this price point to get to him. He's shown some mobility these last couple of weeks, running in for touchdowns, having some nice games overall. He's averaging 7.8 yards per attempt, had three touchdowns uh, last week versus Washington, 32 attempts per game. I mean, it's not that great, 245 passing yards. It's tough to want to get to Aaron Rodgers at that price point. Ownership might be able to sway me there if he becomes a leverage play. We'll talk about that on the stream. The Andre Hopkins here at the price point that he's at is a fair price. He's close to a yes for me. I kind of, uh, I'm very close to making him a yes. Let's put him as a yes for right now. But the reason why he's close is he's He's 10,600. He's only seen a 20% target share this year when he's normally somewhere around a 28% target share because this team is spreading four wide, three wide, spreading the ball out a lot, has a more mobile quarterback in uh, Kyler Murray. But last week, you got to see sort of an alpha performance out of him, right? You got to see the nine target game. Now, he doesn't have a hun- over 100 receiving yards this year. He's just not being worked downfield that much. Christian Kirk is going more downfield. AJ Green is actually going more downfield at this point in terms of deep targets. So DeAndre Hopkins, yes, you should probably expect in a fantastic matchup somewhere between the eight and 10 target game in a big game. DeAndre Hopkins, with no Jair Alexander, he's going to be able to do anything he wants, but so will all these receivers. The price point is already baking in the upside. Hopkins is one of these players, right? We talk about these players. We talk about the Devontae Adams. Hopkins is very close to the top of that list. The Tyree Kills, the players who, when they're in a primetime game, understand that they're playing under the lights. They know how good they are. They know that even more people are watching them, and they rise to the occasion, not only because they're good at football and want to show that, but because they build brands. They have charities. They have other businesses, right? They're selling merch, whatever it might be. They're affiliates. They're all this. They want to build their brand, the social media following. There's a real thing to that in business. So you get a little bit of extra oomph in your step on these on these night games, right? You, you put a little bit more into it. DeAndre Hopkins is maybe the guy atop of that list. Lamar Jackson, like these guys are up there that just show out in primetime games. So the price point that he currently has, I do like him. Again, I think he's too fairly priced, so you're not getting as much value on him. Compared to a guy like Aaron Jones, who I think there's a lot of value here. Aaron Jones averages six targets per game when Devontae Adams is out of the lineup. That is a massive uptick from like the 3.8 that he sees when Adams plays. Week seven, don't even look at it. They didn't really want to run, so I would not be focusing in on week seven and saying, ah, I don't know if I could play Aaron Jones. They don't want to run. They don't want to run against that team. They only ran the ball 12 times if you take away Rodgers rushing attempts and the St. Brown end around. They said we want to attack this secondary of Washington instead of running against one of the best defensive lines in the NFL, and that was a smart decision. They ended up winning the game, so Aaron Jones in this game, they're going to look to run a little bit more. This is a bottom five tackling unit and bottom five run defense in Arizona. And now you get a top five offensive line that is potentially likely going to get David Bakhtiari back this week to add to the offensive line advantage that the Packers already have. Not to mention not only Aaron Jones on the ground and in the red zone, but then you factor in what he's going to do in the receiving game. Even though he didn't have a lot of carries last week, he caught five balls last week. He had 27 routes run, right? So I like Aaron Jones a good amount in this game. I think that he might actually be the, the playmaker on the Packers for sure, but he might actually even be the leading receiver on this team. Don't be shocked to see an eight target game out of Aaron Jones. I think he looks really good. He's my second highest projected player. Based on my projection, I think he should be somewhere around $11,000 player. Now, before we keep going, uh, we'll do a little bit of a spoiler alert, but since we talked about Aaron Jones and I told you I have 19 fantasy points for him, I take the over 17 fantasy points on Aaron Jones. So the prize picks, the player props that I have, these ones are going to be fantasy based because I'm getting them early in the week on Tuesday. I like Aaron Jones over 17 fantasy points. By the way, if you use the code Sal, your first bet is free up to $100 on prize picks. Use it or lose it, basically. So go ahead and get that now limited time offer. Aaron Jones over 17 fantasy points. I have Alan Zart under 12 and a lot of people might say, oh my God, Alan 
Lazard under 12, people are just assuming that now, after he had one good week finally, and really just one good drive last week, they're just assuming that Alan Lazard is going to be the world beater for the Packers. Look, he's actually going to have to move to the outside more, right? With Devontae Adams out, Alan Lazard is going to move out of the slot where he played 33% of the time last week to the outside more. They're going to have to put Randall Cobb in the slot, and they'll probably put MBS if he's active or a uh, Malik Taylor if he's active or a St. Brown on the outside. Alan Lazard on the outside is not as good as Alan Lazard in the slot. That's where he benefited a lot last week and just historically for him. He's an outside receiver, but he gets better matchups in the slot, if that makes sense. So I only have Alan Lazard for like nine fantasy points. I take the under 12. And Chase Evans, we're about to talk about him. I got him over 10 fantasy points this week. I mean, the guy's basically getting that week in and week out. I haven't projected over that this week. Again, use the code SAL. It's simple. PrizePicks.com. You go there. Limited time offer. Use it or lose it. Free bet up to $100. SAL. S-A-L. There you go. Take whatever props you want. We'll have more as the week goes on more than likely as they release more props. Next up, we start to get to some guys. And I think James Conner's a little bit overpriced here. He continues to find the end zone on this team. He's going to have a fine matchup against the Packers run defense. That's not great, but he's already priced for all this, right? He's a six-point favorite at home with a 28 implied team total. All this looks fantastic for running backs, but he's $7,800. He didn't even lead this backfield in touches last week. He's not leading this backfield on the season in touches. He had 10 carries, 64 yards in a touchdown last week in a really good matchup. No targets. He's played, seen 45% of the snaps this year. Eight and 48% of the backfield touches. He's losing touches, and, and the, the primary back, the 1A to the 1B, is actually Chase Evans in this backfield. He's likely a touchdown or bust candidate at this price point. I'm not going to say he's completely out of play because I want to see what the ownership comes in on him at, but this is the first guy where I look at it out of all these guys up here and I say, yeah, that, that's not that great. And if you look at this pricing, you get a guy in the $12,000 range, 11, 10, 9, nobody in the 8. Connor in the seven, then you're already down to some decent pricing in the $7,200 range of Christian Kirk. So it's it's somewhat top heavy of a slate where you might want to go up here and get three of these guys and then try and factor out the value, especially with Adams likely out. Christian Kirk at $7,200 is a fair price for a wide receiver three with upside, seeing a lot of downfield usage. Christian Kirk last week ran 26 routes, the third most on the team. He's the clear wide receiver three ahead of Ronda Moore and behind AJ Green and DeAndre Hopkins. He saw five targets. He's averaging now 5.4 targets per game. So $7,200 is a fair price point, but it's also a steep price point relative to some other guys in this slate so Kirk's only going to be a maybe for me because at $7,200 you're more than likely getting four or five targets out of Christian Kirk and if he's not finding the end zone a four catch for 50 yard day at Christian Kirk isn't paying this off Chase Evans at $7,000 on the other hand I do like we said we like the over 10 fantasy points I have Edmonds for 11 and a half fantasy points I actually think that Edmonds should be more expensive than Connor so you're getting a really nice price discount here of like 12% off of the James Connor price tag Edmonds last week had 16 touches tying his season high he's done that three times he had more touches more opportunities than Mr. Last week, James Conner. He has a receiving game role, which is going to be good. The Packers historically, a little bit better linebacker play this week, adding some guys, of course, Jalen Smith, although not the greatest, right? Merculous and these guys to their defense, but in general, they struggle with these pass catching backs massively. And Chase Edmonds is going to have a really nice advantage here. I do like Chase Edmonds. If I had to pick a guy in the 7K range out of these three players, it would be the cheapest guy in Chase Edmonds. Next up, we can go to AJ Green, who it's interesting here. AJ Green is cheaper than Christian Kirk. Even though AJ Green's running more routes, he's seeing just as many targets. He has a more uh, primary, if you will, red zone role. So I actually think I like AJ Green more than Christian Kirk if we're getting a $400 price discount. We'll see what the ownership looks like to verify that. But he's a clear wide receiver too. He's second on the team in routes behind Hopkins. 29 routes last week led to three catches, 66 yards and three targets. And because of that touchdown upside, he scored 10 or more fantasy points in five out of seven games. So 71% of the games this year, decent sample now of seven games, he's got 10 or more fantasy points, double digits or more. So AJ Green, I'll take him here as a yes if I had to choose a guy in the 6K range between him and his teammate his new teammate Zach Ertz here I would end up choosing a Jay Green because Zach Ertz at $6,200 it's just overpriced 
I mean, he made his debut last week. He had the big touchdown. He only ran 19 routes. So this is basically like, I mean, like Gerald Everett runs 19 routes. Now, obviously, Zacharis is a way better tight end and a way better offense. But this is not a 25 routes run type of tight end. This is just a fine tight end who's on the field. Not that often, right? They're going to run a lot of four wide receiver sets, a lot of three wide receiver sets where he's the fourth read, fifth read behind Chase Edmonds sometimes. So if Zacharis in this game, the Packers have struggled hit or miss on guarding tight ends so far this year. There's no doubt about that. But if the, you're going to look at this and you see four targets last week for Zach Ertz, and now he's $6,200, right? $6,200, and he's not going to run that many routes. At least AJ Green at 6,800 is running 29 routes. So if I can say that I'm going to get 18 routes this week out of Zach Ertz and have to pay $6,200 for it, I don't think it's that great of a play. Now, I'm not going to completely rule him out here just because I want to see what happens with ownership per usual. And this is not insanely restrictive of a price point. But if I factor my projections right now, I currently have Zach Ertz as the worst play on the slate. So let's just put him as a no just to put somebody on here as a no so far. I have Zach Ertz. If I assume that Malik Taylor doesn't play and MVS is out, I currently have Zach Ertz grading out as the worst play in the slate. The second worst play in the slate, James Conner. So this man right up here, right? This guy right up here, he's actually trending towards a no as well. But again, I want to see what the ownership is uh, as we get closer to Thursday, because if James Conner or Zach Ertz picks up no ownership at all, well, then they're a leverage play and they become a better GPP play, right? Next up is Alan Lazard, who I do have under 12 fantasy points on, but I don't think he's a bad play. Like Alan Lazard, he can score over 12. I know that. Right? And then I'll lose the prop bet, but we can get some nice stuff in DFS. But he could also score 10 and a half, 11 and a half fantasy points and be a solid play. And we still win the prop bet. He's $5,200. I just think the props too high, but I think the price point is fine here. Alan Lazard at 5,200. He's going to go out there. He's going to run some routes. He had his best game of the year last week out, but it was really just one drive. He got like three balls ended in a touchdown. He ran 36 routes. 31% of the time he was out of the slot, six targets, only an 18% target share. I think he still hovers around a 15 to 18% target share, even with Adams out. I think that's just his role. He's not this elite alpha that's going to win one-on-one. -on -one. It might actually be worse for him now that there's not going to be any Devontae Adams out there because he's going to get less one-on-one -on -one coverage. That's how it works. So without Adams out there, I actually think it's worse for him. If MVS is in, even worse for him because then he'll definitely be moving uh, to the outside, in my opinion, and not be in the slot as much. Either way, though, I think he's in the in, going to be in the outside. So $5,200 Alan Lazard is in play, but like if MVS plays and MVS is over $1,000 cheaper than him, you may MVS all day who i think is a better route runner um, not a better run blocker but doesn't matter too much for our fantasy purposes next up is the wide receiver four on the cardinals look this is the cardinals offense there's no value on this team like the cheapest guy outside of the defenses and kickers is rondell moore and he's 4800 so in his first game with Ertz last week he only ran 16 routes which was behind all the receivers and Ertz. so he was the fifth guy last in the pecking order there he saw three targets two catches 17 yards it's going to be a random week when he hits but now that they have zach Ertz back after not having max williams for a week or two really two when williams got hurt and then rondell saw six targets when titans have played in the offense right when they've been playing and actually running routes and not getting hurt in the game or missing a game there's only one game where you've seen actual usage it was week two with eight targets so it's going to be tough right now with christian kirk molding his role as wide receiver three to really really like rondell moore here another guy that i want to see what his value looks like right now i have rondell moore is just a decent play in the slate he's definitely not an atrocious play at 4800 he's a he's a high playmaker he gets the ball in the running game as well the packers have struggled with these types of players it's just a matter of how much usage does he have if the game indeed does go high scoring where it's supposed to right now at a 51 total he can be in play at 4800 when i compare Rondell Moore to Robert Tonyan here. I do lean Robert Tonyan just for the red zone upside. Without Devontae Adams in the red zone, it's going to be probably the Aaron Jones show. But then after that, it'll be Robert Tonyan in terms of where they have these matchup problems. It was the best game of the year last week for Robert Tonyan. But keep in mind, keep in mind, he only did it on four targets. So if Tonyan's not scoring that touchdown, he only had four targets in the game. He had 16 plus fantasy points, but only four targets. So look at that more so. Last week, it was only a 12% target share, 11.7 to be exact. That is not good. I don't think he starts to see nine targets in this game with Devontae Adams out. That's just not his role. I think what he does see is increased red zone usage. So if Rodgers attempts six red zone passes, five red zone passes in this game, 
you might get two to Tonyan and hope that one of those or maybe even both of them convert. So Tonyan for me, if I had to choose between him and Ronda Moore, I think that Tonyan in this game is going to run 20 routes similar to Ronda Moore's. I just think that Tonyan is going to have more of a red zone upside. So Tonyan's not a yes for me, but he is going to be a yes compared to as of right now, Ronda Moore. That can change. If you're watching this video, be sure to tune in for the live stream or be a patron if you can't tune in for the live stream so you can see where my interests change. The kickers are both in play. Mason Crosby has been struggling. Uh, basically like missed a, a short one last week as well. Almost missed two extra points. Really been struggling at this point. Uh, if you want to factor that into how you play these kickers this week, fine by me. Uh, just play whichever one you want. I don't really have a preference. Prater's going to grade out Brader projection-wise. Uh, also be higher own, so just take whichever one you want there. And now we have to just start to factor in what happens here. If MVS is not going to be active, of course, don't play him. If MVS is active at $3,800 and he's off the IR, I assume that he's ready to go. I assume they're not rushing him back, and I like him as a yes. He's only $3,800. He's going to see volume. He's going to see routes. Assuming he's not limited, he's going to run close to 30 routes, if not more, in this game at $3,800 as an underdog where Rodgers is probably going to have to throw close to 35 40 times in this game if they can't slow it down and take away possessions with the running game mvs just looks like looks like a clear option if mvs is active i do prefer mvs over randall cobb look randall cobb at 3600 is fine he's going to see an uptick in his target share you would imagine as a guy that rogers depends on with no Devontae Adams out there, especially, especially someone in the red zone, but especially on third downs. But he's only seen two games this year above 10 routes run. Week four, he ran 23 routes. Week five, he ran 23 routes. Last week, he only ran seven routes. Obviously, with Adams likely out, that's going to change, especially if MVS is also out. And the fact that Amari Rodgers, their rookie, is just nowhere near ready, apparently, to play, like really struggling, not only in camp, but in the preseason and now in the regular season. Uh, he's he's muffed a, a kickoff or a punt. He's been a punt returner. He's muffed that. He's not done much in that department. So he's really struggling. So Cobb's role is definitely secure here. It's just a matter of how many routes does he run. If they go a lot more running in this game and they go two tight end sets with Mercedes Lewis who's a run blocker and Tonyan or Joshua DeGuyer guy who's a tight end fullback for them well then you're going to see the Packers not use Cobb in a slot receiver all that often so only 14 targets through six games I would expect somewhere in here four to six targets for Randall Cobb if you get five targets out of Cobb at 3600 he's in play he's likely a touchdown or bus player I prefer MVS right now to Cobb, but I'll put them both on here as yeses because if MVS is out, Cobb looks fine. The defenses, both in play. I prefer the Packers defense for 2,800 compared to the Cardinals if you had to choose one, but they're both in play. And we can close it up now with some of these final players here. AJ Dillon coming into last week against Washington, where again, the Packers didn't run in that difficult matchup. He had 10 plus touches in three straight starts. He had, he saw his snaps continuing to go up, right? In week six, he saw a season high in snaps. Week seven, the opposite. He scores negative fantasy points. He fumbles a ball. He doesn't have much success on just three carries trying to close out the game he fumbled, but three carries against this Washington football team. I think that's going to change this week. He's seen 33% of the snaps and 34% of the backfield opportunities so far this year. At $1,400, he is definitely in play. I'm not going to put him as a yes, but it's close. Like at $1,400, I've been projecting out for like six and a half fantasy points, which is very close to being a yes. And if you are looking for a guy below $2,000, he's probably the most secure to actually get the touches. Mercedes Lewis is on here right now. He's a run blocking tight end who usually is involved in the play action game. You've been seeing a little bit more usage out of him these past couple of weeks. He's definitely just touchdown or bust. He's only averaging right now about nine uh, routes run per game. He has 10 total targets on the year. Expect somewhere between one and two targets in this game. If there's not a touchdown, he's basically useless. This is the one player that I will point out and just say, watch what happens here. Like if MVS is active, St. Brown is not as appealing. He'll just drop right back down to being the wide receiver four slash five on this offense. If MVS is out, St. Brown is going to have to be involved, assuming that Malik Taylor is all also out. So, uh, so far, St. Brown, he has ran 20 routes through five games, nine routes over the last two weeks, had an end around last week, had a touchdown wiped off the board because of a bad call, really, uh, two weeks ago in week six. He has one catch for zero yards on three targets other than that, though. So he's, he's not that great of a player. He's undersized. He's a raw product out of Notre Dame now. This is probably his last chance to do something, maybe even in the NFL, but with the Packers. And the only way that he's actually going to be in play this week is if Malik Taylor and MVS end up missing this game, because then you're probably going to see him run a season high in routes between 15 and 
and, and 20 routes, somewhere around there. Amari Rodgers, the rookie who plays special teams for them, no matter what in this game, even if all the guys, Malik Taylor, Adams, and MVS are out, I still don't see him getting on the field all that much. Maybe on some end rounds, maybe on some trick plays. He's strictly behind Randall Cobb, really struggling to do much. He couldn't even separate in the preseason in the fourth quarter against third and fourth stringers who aren't even in the NFL right now. That's a problem. Kylan Hill, their seventh round pick, who actually looks really good right now. He took the first carry of the game, believe it or not, week seven for the Packers. Uh, Kylan Hill, he only played five snaps, though, but saw a couple of touches, only 11 routes run in the year. He's clearly the running back three here. I'm not going to be recommending Kylan Hill. I currently have Kylan Hill projected for 1.2 fantasy points. I do think he sees some touches, zero to two touches in this game. I'm not going to be recommending him. Joshua DeGrier, he's a tight end that they drafted way too early, missed all of last year with an injury. Now he's basically used as a fullback for them. He's ran 37 routes this year, but they're all kind of like those little fullbacks, flat routes. They're not going to get you too much upside, just two targets through six games. And then finally, Malik Taylor. I mean, there's Malik Taylor is going to be interesting if he plays. He went on the COVID list on Friday. I don't know if he's going to be active in six days since he missed Sunday's game. I assume he actually does have it. So with that being said, I would say that Malik Taylor is likely not going to play. But if Malik Taylor plays and there's no MVS, he'll operate as the wide receiver three. He might even operate as the wide receiver one ahead of Lazard and Rand Lokam just because of his size and the way that he plays on the outside. So Malik Taylor could be an interesting name at $200 if there is no MVS and he is actually active, but it's seeming unlikely that he'll be able to be cleared in time just going on the COVID list on Friday a couple days ago. Would have to get right back ready to go after missing Sunday's game within six days. Seems tough. So that is where the breakdown for DraftKings comes from. It's a little bit top heavy. It's kind of this mid-range of a lot of guys who are maybe a little bit overpriced, but you know, touchdown upside in a lot of them. Robert Tonyan, AJ Green, Christian Kirk, right? Chase Edmonds, all these guys. And then there's a couple of flyer guys towards the bottom whether it's AJ Dillon, whether it's some of these other players, defenses, uh, MVS is cheap, Randall Cobb is cheap. So this is a really fun slate just all around. Now, in terms of what I like on Superdraft this week over there, it's really easy to build Superdraft lineups this week. Aaron Jones is the clear-cut best play on Superdraft. Aaron Jones is a really beneficial multiplier in Superdraft of 1.35x this week. So I'm going to be getting Aaron Jones in my champion spot if I can only pick one. It's basically the captain spot. He looks good. I haven't projected for two points more than anybody else. After that, I'm putting guys in there who project out nicely with high multipliers. AJ Green is a 2.15x multiplier. Edmonds has nearly a 2x multiplier. So what does this mean? This is not salary cap based. It's super draft. It is probably the first place that you should be putting any money this week, whether it's this contest, whether it's their Sunday main slate, the other showdown contest that they have, because it's not going to fill. So if this fills at 70%, and 30% of the field takes a zero because they're not filling. Perfect. That will never happen on DraftKings or FanDuel these days. So you can check it out. This is a $30,000 guaranteed contest for this Thursday night slate. This is kind of the way that I would start it up. I think the best types of captain options are AJ Green, Chase Edmonds, Aaron Jones, and then you can finish it up with some of these other guys. I think Rondell Moore's multiplier is really nice. Obviously, Kyler Murray is going to project out for a good projection. Same with Hopkins, even James Conner. But you can play around with that for your last spot or change out some of these players. If you want to get a free 25 bucks, if you put 25 in, you use the code SAL, they give you an extra 25 for free. So you get a match right up to that. So that's a free $25 on Superdraft. I like playing over there because of the fact that the contests don't fill. I've been playing most of my action over there um, a couple of these weeks. Two weeks ago, I played the most action I ever have over there compared to anywhere else. So you can check that out down below. Thank you for tuning in. This is the Thursday Night Slate. Some Millie Makers, maybe some wonky stuff can happen, and Devontae Adams will actually be active, but I doubt it, which kind of ruins the game a little bit, but should be a fun game between two of the best teams in the NFL. Best of luck. We'll be live at 6 p.m. East Coast time on Sunday. I'll see you all there. Take care. Brush y'all hair.